Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 55th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include singer Gene Garcia, the McAllen, Texas native stolen by team legend on The Voice. We'll also visit with actor Emilio Rivera, as new episodes of Mayan MC is on FX Tuesday nights. We'll also talk with singer Pia Renee from The Voice, the Chicago powerhouse from Team Legend. We'll visit with actor Joe Pantoliano and his daughter Daniela about their new podcast, No Kidding, Me Too. Also from The Voice, we'll visit with Houston native Dana Monique from Team Nick. And our final guest will be TikTok sensation and good friend of the show, Cooper Allen. We'll talk about his recent single, Tough Ones, and his current single, Too Soon. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and share with your friends. Another season of The Voice continues on the battle rounds, and uh, we've got, well, he's stolen by team legend Gene Garcia with us this morning. And first off, Gene, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Of course. I mean, it's an honor to be here before you guys. And, and Gene, the, the Voice, how long was the process of talking yourself into going for that first tryout? Honestly, it's been, I've always dreamed about auditioning for The Voice. I just never gathered up the the courage to do it. But I mean, it just took the right push, the right amount of influence from my peers around me. And then, yeah, I just went for it. Now, Gene, obviously growing up in a musical family, did was that the driving force behind uh, the music for you, uh, especially at, a, at the ripe young age of 19, right? Yes. Um, I mean, my dad has always been an influence to me. He's always influenced me when it comes to music and stuff. And yeah, I've always seen the way that he's grown as an artist. And I just wanted to replicate that energy and do it for myself and see how how successful I could be. And yeah, it's what's driven me to keep music going in my life. And I know you had the opportunity a couple of years ago to travel around outside of the U.S. as well, performing. Did that just make it where it was solidified and you knew there was nothing else in your life for you? Yeah, I mean, actually practicing it and doing it in public and performing with my dad is like kind of validated my dreams for me. It was just like, oh, yeah, you need to go for this. This this is for you. Like, there's nothing else that I enjoy in the world. more. That's awesome. Now, what was the blind audition like? What was that? Uh, did it live up to your expectations or did it uh, maybe get you closer to death's door than you thought you were going to be? I mean, going into these blinds, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit nervous um, because it's like I'm performing in, like in front of these four coaches that are really talented and are very successful in each and every way. And it's like, wow, this is the big leagues. Like now I need to put on the show for them. And I was going to give I'm going to give it my all. And I just got to go out there and just be me. Now, Gene, what is the biggest thing that you've seen? Is it maybe the vision that you have? Has uh, has that changed a little bit since being on this season of The Voice? Honestly, my vision has grown, if anything. I've It's like I've gotten a taste of what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I've never performed on a platform as big as this one. So with all this exposure and all these people... Um, the way that like people and showing love for me, it's like, wow, this is exactly what I need. Like, this is exactly what I want to do. And my vision has just grown. Now I want to be the biggest artist in the world just because I got that little taste. And <laughs> now how much of a challenge has social media become now as being uh, being on The Voice? I mean, it's it's gotten a little a little rowdy. I mean, from all the exposure, you know, there's a lot of viewers on The Voice, but I mean, it's nothing that I can't handle. Um, I'm very appreciative of everyone who follows me, and yeah, I'm blessed to have that following, and I'm just going to keep it active, and I'm going to keep it going. Now, we talked about the blind auditions. Now, the, the battle rounds continue on, and what is it like getting up there face-to-face, side-by-side uh, -side with one of your compadres, and uh, and really giving the best for each of you? Obviously, it's uh, it's competition, but I know you're still wishing for the best for each other as well, right? Of course. I mean, I've grown to have relationships with all these contestants on The Voice and we know each other very well and I wish everyone the best I, but that's not going to stop me from giving it my all and making sure that I'm capitalizing on the show but yeah like you said I respect everyone and I wish the best for them 
uh, and taking over to Team Legend, how has being a part of that team, what is the differences that you've noticed between Team Legend and Team Kelly coming in? I mean, it was definitely a curveball being stolen to John Legend's team. And um, honestly, I don't really focus on any differences. I'm just really focusing on my game plan, which is giving it everything I have. Whatever song I'm giving, I'm going to put my all into it. I mean, whatever comes in the way, I'll do everything best to fight it the best. But I'm just very, I'm just very focused on my music right now. And obviously, coming into a different coach, do you see a, a different vantage point and obviously an, another opportunity for you to to grow in your craft as well? Yeah, I mean, it's always good when you have advice from multiple coaches. This is not something that everyone gets to experience. So Kelly gave me her dose of advice for me. Now John. On Legend is also going to pour that into me. So I'm just very grateful and I'm hoping that, yeah, everything works out well. Now for you, Gene, what has been the biggest highlight of the season so far? I mean, obviously we know what the ultimate highlight you're going for is, but what so far has been the ultimate highlight for you personally? The ultimate highlight this season for me was the double steal with Nick Jonas and John Legend. I never thought that, let alone I'd be stolen. And now it's two people giving me reasons why I should go on their team. And it's all like, wow, I was jaw dropped. And yeah, I had the opportunity to choose from the coaches. And I thought that was really cool and something that I never thought I'd experience. Now, how hard is it for you to cut down on the nerves a bit? Or, or are they showing up a little bit more than you're normally used to? Honestly, at the beginning, they were a lot more than now. Now I'm just very, very chill. It's a very chill vibe because... I know the environment now, but at first it was kind of nerve wracking. But I mean, the coaches grew on me and we talked and it's like, wow, now I I can see them on eye to eye. And what piece of advice did your dad give you about the music industry that maybe you're seeing a a little more clearly now on The Voice? Honestly, no matter the influence, stay true to yourself. There's going to be a lot of people that are very great and you're going to wow, you're going to be like, wow. This this person is so special in their own way, but you can never forget how special you are. You, I am here for a reason, and I just need to stay true to myself because no one no one else is like me. That's right. Well, again, Gene Garcia, now a part of Team Legend on The Voice. I always, Gene, want to make sure and let our listeners know where to keep up with uh, with everything you got going social media wise as well. Of course, um, everyone can follow me on Janky Music, G-E-A-N-K-Y Music, on Instagram, Twitter, and all platforms. Yeah, it was nice having you. It was nice being here with you guys. All right. Well, Gene, continued success as you continue on through the season, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again real soon, brother. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. (laughs) Well, the entire point of Escalators is that they do the walking for you. So why do some people feel the need to walk up them? They're always bumping into people like me, who just want to enjoy the ride, am I right? So should people be banned from walking up or down escalators? At least one place says yes. The Saitama District, just outside of Tokyo, Japan, just banned walking on escalators. Now their goal is to get rid of all the bumping and cut down on the number of people getting hurt by moving on escalators. Always good to have folks on, and uh, well, there's this little COVID thing that happened since last time we talked. We've got Emilio Rivera on the line. We'll be talking about Mayans MC on FX. And Emilio, always good to visit with you, my friend. Thank you for having me back, brother. I appreciate that, man. Good times. And and through the last year, like I said, COVID's come in between our last visit. I mean, how much different do things look doing some promotions on Mayans this time around? You know, uh, it's, it's not the way we usually do it, brother. You know, usually by now we have been at all the Comic-Cons and stuff like that and, uh, you know, um, being live. And now we're doing um, pretty much this, brother. It's only pretty much because, you know, everybody's so, you know, you know, too many restrictions. So we can't do what we normally do. But you know what, man? Uh, well, well, the one thing that was good about the, um, this COVID stuff, uh, the pandemic, was that everybody stood home and watched TV. And you know what they did? They would watch the first two seasons of uh, My Angel MC. So that was self-promotion right there. You get what I'm saying? Say, hey, the show, hey, I'm going to watch season three. And, and people have been, you know. So it worked out both ways, you know. Talking about having the folks having the opportunity to sit down and just do some streaming and some binging, how has the feedback been? Has uh, has the feedback changed from them, or has it just gotten a little bit more intense, if you will? 
Well, no, I, I think uh, because of that, uh, people have been waiting now for new content. And, you know, and this whole time, we probably went back to filming like six months ago. So we also locked down for six months. And uh, so we were all, you know, man, we, just, we all just want to get back to work. And uh, and now that uh, we're done with the work, uh, now all the people just want to get back and watch the what's now, Emilio, you talked about how things look a bit different, but having the opportunity to get back on set about six months ago, did it make it more challenging to stay in character? Or did it maybe help you stay in character a little more because you were so involved with self, if you will? Well, you know, it was kind of tough because, you know, every time they would say cut, you had to put the mask back up, bro. You dig what I'm saying? Now, I, I was going to use that as an excuse to say, I don't want to wear a mask, right? But I remember the first day I was, because <laughs> I had to stay in character. You know, I'm an actor, that kind of shit. You know, but what it what it was is, um, uh, I, the first day was a very heavy scene with Danny Pino, and he was going in, crying his ass off, coming out, masking up, going in there, crying his ass. I did it like five times. I said, "Well, there goes my excuse." You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so you know, it just made you stay focused longer, bro. You know, it's just. And once in a while, once you took off your mask, it would mess, mess with the makeup. Or, you know, as you know, I wear a big old mustache, and so <laughs> they have to come and comb my mustache again and get it right again, you know. So, but other than that, man, you know, it was, uh, yeah, we were all anxious to get, I mean, it was, we were all anxious to see each other. Uh, uh, we could, of course, we couldn't hug each other. We had to do bumps, elbow bumps, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, you know, Disney and FX kept us safe, man. And, you know, and you know what? It was, after a while, like the first weekend, that was the new normal, man, you know. That's right. Now, for for you, Emilio, what uh, tell our listeners what to expect from the upcoming episodes uh, Tuesday nights on the FX? Pain, heartache, uh, a lot of tears, a lot of tears. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's uh, and you're gonna be like, what just happened? And then you're gonna rewind and say why it happened. You know what I'm saying? And you're gonna say, okay, got it. You know what I'm saying? And you're gonna watch it again the following day on Hulu, brother. I'm telling you right now, it's rough, man, rough. And for you, the the feedback that you get from the fans, I mean, especially in the time that you had away, I mean, was that just a driving force to keep you motivated, keep you going through all of the downtime? Yeah, yeah. you know, what was good, man, is that we got the scripts early, like I think uh, three months early. So we had, you know, so normally we have a week to work on the script. We actually had three to five months to work on the script. So we were ready, man, you know, so we just, you know, when you're at home locked up, we just work out your, you know, how you want, you might think you want to do it. And then we go and do what we do, and then Algin adjusts us a little bit, and that's why the show's so fire right now, brother, you know? What was the biggest thing that you really focused in on your craft as you had time to yourself? Oh, you know what I did, man? I revisited episode season one and two, and I just see what I could do a little bit different, because I, I had the script, so I was like, uh, look at that, and come back to this, you know, back and forth. So I was always working on, uh, you know, a Palino, bro, you know, I'm talking about how, how not to do something that's not repeat a, a performance. You dig what I'm saying? You know, so when people say they don't want to watch themselves, well, if you don't watch yourself, you're not going to really learn more from yourself. You have to watch yourself, right? not to repeat a performance, you know? Now, do you find it easier to watch yourself now, or is it more painful now that you've spent more time in the business? Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, this, it's less painful now. You get what I'm saying? Cause, uh, I think I could have, I've pretty much been doing this for a long time. So I know what I can do. And in the beginning, the first 10 years, it's kind of like, Oh shit. I want to know. You're not sure what you're going to, what's going to come up, you know, <laughs> or what the editor kept, you know what I'm saying? Cause there's some stuff you do. So hopefully they don't keep that back. Cause what I don't like, they might love, you know what I mean? So it's kind of weird, you know? That's right. Now, the, uh, the the new episodes on Mayans MC come up on Tuesday evenings on FX, Tuesdays 10 Eastern, 9 local time, and then the next day on FX on Hulu. Emilio, always want to make sure and let our listeners know where to keep up with everything you've got going social media-wise as well. As far as on Instagram and, and, uh, and on Twitter, which is mainly where I'm at, is uh, Emilio Rivera 48. Uh, hit me up and I'll hit you right back, man. And thank you for following me. You know, I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, Emilio, it's always great to visit with you, my friend. Hope you have a great rest of your week and look forward to talking again real soon. You take care. Good talking to you again, my brother. You take care. Talk to you soon, man. Now, it's hard to say exactly when you become middle-aged and maybe it's more of a feeling than a specific age. Well, a new survey found the average person doesn't believe they're middle-aged until they hit 47. But the survey also asked people to name the signs that they're becoming middle-aged, and those start happening a lot earlier than 47. Now, here are some of the most common answers. Feeling stiff, 
groaning when you bend down, picking comfort over style with your clothes, thinking police officers, teachers, and doctors look really young, hating loud bars, and needing an afternoon nap. Now, realizing you have some co-workers who don't know what a cassette tape is, knowing your limit when it comes to drinking, hoping you get asked for an ID, and giving people speeches on saving and investing. Apparently, we're all Team Legend this morning. We've got Pia Renee on the line with us this morning. And Pia, we had Jean on just a little bit ago. Good to visit with you this morning as well. Hey, hey. <laughs> now, Pia, tell us a little bit how the, uh, the the battle rounds are unfolding on The Voice and, and what it's like for you after all the ups and downs that, that life has thrown your way to, to have this opportunity in this moment. It is absolutely uh, stunning to be here, uh, to sit and stand in front of John Legend and folks like Brandy and Kelly Clarkson, Nick Jonas and Blake Shelton and Kelsey Ballerini. So it's it's been amazing. Like I, I'm very happy to be here. I, I would have preferred to be here at like 25, but it didn't work <laughs> out like that. <laughs> and, and Pia, does all of the life happening make you even appreciate the moment even even that much more? Absolutely. Uh, all the life happening actually has been um, great preparation ground for this moment. So I wouldn't change any of it. I mean, there are times I wish things were different, but just from where I sit right now, I wouldn't change a, a moment of it. Now, Pia, obviously, as you know, you're going for the voice tryout. I mean, how did you prepare yourself for the blind audition? And that did that preparation, <laughs> did it did it help out the night of? Oh, man. <laughs> So, um, the night uh, before the blinds, I could hard, I could not sleep at all. Like I was, I kept waking up in the middle of the night and yeah, so it, I was just so much excitement. Everything was just so electric and so new. Um, you know, the best way to prepare is just to just go over that song millions and millions and millions of times without like, you know, over taxing your voice and, uh, I didn't feel confident, like, I didn't feel like, okay, you got it, until literally I was standing in front of Carson Daly and right about to, like, walk onto the stage. That's when I felt, okay, you'll be fine. But up until that moment, I did not feel okay, and it was nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> now, how much different has this season gone as opposed to what you kind of envisioned uh, coming in? I really didn't have... um I didn't have a reference point, so I didn't try. To, I, I, I intentionally tried to keep myself from forming expectations because when something doesn't look or sound or feel like the image you created in your mind, it could kind of psych you out a little bit. So I didn't have a reference point, so I didn't really form one. Uh, so I, I was completely open to whatever would be presented to me. Now, what has been the the hardest part of uh, of being on the Voice this season? I mean, obviously, as having an established voice, is is the feedback hard to take sometimes, or or has it all been pretty easy for you to adjust to, if you will? Um, the feedback is not an issue at all. I mean, that's going to be what it's going to be. I feel like if your voice is well prepared and you prepare yourself well, um, and you are authentically who you are. The feedback is just going to be technical in nature or in, okay, how you can open this song up and open your perspective and be better. I would say the hardest part for me this season was losing my mother in the midst of being in L.A. and preparing for battles. Uh, that's, that, that has been the most difficult thing of, I've experienced in my life. So, And it's, you know, it, it's coming at, like, the most weirdest time. Like, I've had to manage great joy and deep sorrow at the same time and it's been like mind-blowing now as the the battle rounds continue pia what was that experience like for you preparing to to go one-on-one if you will um the battles were uh, in and of itself uh fine you know i had a great partner a great personality who has a great personality and a great voice and she's a phenomenal person on stage and off so that part um, was easy, but again, just managing my personal experience and my personal life is the, the, the major was the major challenge. Now, with all of the COVID restrictions and uh, everything in place, I mean, how much does that add an extra layer of challenge to to each and every day? 
definitely. Um, initially, it's kind of weird, but, you know, you get used to it. So we have a lot of, you know, we have time to prepare and time to rehearse. And after a while, you get used to all those, the plastic and the hand sanitizer and the masks and the 70,000 times of putting makeup back on. So it, you get used to it after a while. So it gets <laughs> to the point where it's no longer off-putting. And being from Chicago, I mean, how is the weather? Has the weather been a challenge, or has it been a blessing for you being out in L.A.? <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I was in L.A., I missed all the blizzards. So, by the time I got home, all the snow was melting, and it was coming back to like springtime. So I was. So this has been a huge blessing because I missed all the sucky part of winter being in L.A. So thank you, NBC The Voice, for that. That's awesome. Now, Pia, if folks want to keep up with everything you've got going on social media-wise, the music, uh, website, all that, what's the what's the best place to keep up? So they can just find me on across all platforms. My handle is uh, I am Pia Renee, and that's I-A-M-P-I-A-R-E-N-E-E. And my website is just my first and my middle name. It's PiaRenee.com. And I'm, 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 I'm there. <laughs> that's right. Well, Pia... It, it has been great to visit with you this morning. Continued success this season, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again real soon. Yes, I'm excited. Y'all are awesome. Thank you for having me today. Well, someone looked at the sauce or condiment that each state Googles more than other states. Now, the people behind this say that salsa would have made the cut, but they consider it a dip, not a sauce. But mustard got snubbed. And here's what they found. Number one, ketchup. 24 states are obsessed, especially in the Midwest and Northeast. Number two, barbecue sauce, five states. Four of them border on each other. North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. The fifth is Delaware. Number three, tomato or spaghetti sauce, five states. Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Hampshire, Oregon, and Washington. Number four, four states are covering everything in gravy. Those include Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi, and, well, us here in Oklahoma. Number five, two states are forcing me to pronounce Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, that's as good as it's going to get. Arkansas and Nevada. And tartar sauce got two states, Alaska and Montana. All right, guys, promised you some more special guests. Got a new podcast to be talking about. No kidding, me too. We've got uh, Joe, Joey Pants Pantoliano with daughter Daniela. And uh, first off, Joe and uh, Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Thanks for it's always a pleasure having a pair of pants on your show. <laughs> and uh, in this last year, Joey, that's one of those things that not that's not a given, right? That's the, that's the truth. I, I, I am happy to say I got my second shot. Um, last week. That's good. Now, now, Joey and uh, and Danny, how did the podcast first come about? Uh, Danny, was uh, was it something that you were kind of pushing Dad into a little bit? Yeah, it was actually all my idea, as all the good <laughs> ideas are. Uh, you know, my dad did this documentary, award-winning documentary, No Kidding Me Too, that's helped a lot of people. And, you know, I figured, let's continue that work in a way that's super accessible, podcasting. Let's, you know, talk to your friends who happen to be celebrities um, and have people listen and, and they can listen and laugh and hear really cool stories about each other's careers, but also hear about their emotional diseasinesses and say, hey, you know, Bonnie Hunt felt that way. I love Bonnie Hunt. I'm so happy she feels that way because I feel that way, too. It makes me feel so much less alone and, like, I can tell my friends about this, um, especially with the last year we had. I just... I just want people to talk, and I just needed people. I just needed people to talk too, you know, because um, I have my emotions, and I need other people to talk to me about theirs, so I feel less alone. So that's how it all started. And Joe, jo, for you, you was it? Uh, how hard was it to first come out and uh, and work on the documentary and, and make yourself vulnerable at first, if you will? Well, you know, I wa- it wasn't hard for me um, at all. Because I was so curious at the time, and I, and I met, I met people along this journey, because uh, I, I had made, I produced and acted in a movie, uh, Joe Greco wrote called Canvas about his, his life, growing up with a, a mother with schizophrenia, 
and I did that movie with Marcia Gay Harden, and it was embraced by the mental health community, and it was award-winning, and we were going all over the country uh, showing the movie and then talking afterward. And in talking to people, I came to meet individuals that were so touched by the film, they um, became very vulnerable with me to tell me their story. One was a young man, uh, Jordan, uh, who, who literally threw himself out of his ninth-floor bedroom window because he didn't want to live anymore and survived that. And so I just put it together a film crew, and we started interviewing all of these people going, uh, you know, all over the country, finding them where they lived, and then interviewing them, and, and we started making this film. And, and so I, I then saw the need to really come clean and, and expose myself. It wouldn't be fair otherwise, right? Uh, and uh, and the more I did that, the more following we, we, we received. People were saying, hey, you know, no kidding, me too. I, I, I got a brother like that. I got a mother like that. I got a sister like that. I'm like that. And I, and I realized that, that mental disease wasn't like a minority player, that, you know, one, uh, you know, one in four people will be affected by it, and four in five Americans are affected by it because their loved one is going through it. So we're all going to go through it, and, uh, and, 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 and it, that's just about getting through it, you know, being able to find ways to treat it in a positive, healthy way to get through the rough patches. Danny, for you, the, the podcast, how much tech expertise do you have to try to glean over to your dad as you guys move forward? Um, we are figuring out all that stuff, the, the tech stuff. The tech stuff, we still have our issues, but we have a great producer who's super helpful. Um, and it's been really interesting not being in the same place, because usually if I'm in the same place, you know, it's, it's easier to help my dad with all that stuff. But... Um, <laughs> it's always fun. It's, I love seeing him as just like a little old man who doesn't know how to work <laughs> something. You know, he's such a big figure in my life that when he doesn't know how to like send a file, it's just very, you know, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it that is your inspiration for the day, right? Yeah, with the, working with my dad. Yeah, that's my inspiration for sure. There you go. Now, now, Joe, you talked about going out and and sharing the documentary. But after the last year, I mean, what is it like to get feedback from folks, knowing that the lessons and and, and the words that you're sharing are touching their lives and making a difference in them as well? It's fasc- it's fascinating to find out about friends of mine uh, that we've been talking to on, on the podcast. And, and what they've gone through that some of these friends I've known for 30 years and didn't know that about them. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really, it's fun. They're funny. Um, and also it's highly entertaining and with a real strong vein of empathy for one another. And how much do you think it takes uh, takes a little pressure off whenever you can kind of laugh about what we all go through on a on an individual basis as we uh, continue on as well? Well, that's the only thing that kept me going. You know, for, for, even in, in my darkest times, the idea of of uh, you know finding a punchline in it. You look, you know, the greatest comedians and and, and scholars and. Um, politicians have all gone through you know, Churchill to uh, Lincoln. Lincoln suffered incredible depression, and uh, and I didn't know that. They don't teach you that in school. They don't teach us anything in, until we break. You know, we're designed. Wait till they break, and then we'll throw some pills at them. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, too true. That's uh, that is for sure. Now, uh, Joe and Daniela, the podcast. No kidding, me too, Daniela. I I, I will ask you. I'm not going to put Joe on the on the on the line for this one. Where's the best place, Daniela, to find more info about uh, about the podcast? Um, just wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we have it on Apple, Spotify. Um, you can go on our Instagram, No Kidding Me Too podcast. Our website's coming up soon. Um, and then you can also, we really encourage people to email us and tell us their stories and 
if they're willing to have us read them, we want to start doing, you know, little mini-sodes where we read our listeners' stories to keep everyone anonymous. But So they can reach me personally at Daniela at nkmnumber2.com. No kidding, me too. How about that? Yep. That's good. Well, Joe and Daniela, it has been great to visit with you guys this morning. Looking forward to checking out the podcast myself, and hopefully we can catch up again real soon. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. The U.S. box office might be making a comeback. Godzilla vs. Kong crushed expectations, earning $48.5 million since it's opened on Wednesday including $32.2 million over the three-day Easter weekend. Now that's easily the biggest opening since the pandemic shut everything down. Worldwide, the movie has earned $285.4 million. It opened in several foreign markets last weekend, and the previous opening weekend record during the pandemic was Wonder Woman 1984, which made $16.7 million over Christmas last year. Both Wonder Woman and Godzilla vs. Kong were released on HBO Max the same day they hit theaters. HBO Max didn't release streaming numbers for Godzilla vs. Kong, but they say it had a larger audience in its first four days than any other film or show so far. Another season of The Voice continues on on NBC's Mondays and Tuesday nights and uh, from Houston, Texas. And Team Nick, we've got Dana Monique on the line. And first off, Dana, appreciate you taking so much time, taking some time to be on the show this morning. Oh, yeah, I'm honored. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you guys for having me. Now, Dana, what has this season been like getting onto The Voice, going through the blind auditions, now through the battle rounds for yourself, at least, and uh, how has the ride been thus far? It's been absolutely amazing. I, I couldn't be more. I couldn't be more excited and more just ready and eager just to continue this thing. Now, for you being on Team Nick and uh, and having him come in with maybe a new set of eyes and a new vision, what has what has been the biggest, uh, the eye opening experience for you personally? Oh wow! Just ooh, just being on this platform, just knowing that I can do it, just being you know um, present in these moments, and and just continuing to learn. Like it's just I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just beautiful. So far this season, what was the what was the blind audition like for you? I mean, obviously you have in your mind and in your heart kind of what it's going to be like, but how close to that was it on the original, the actual night? Man, you know, I was I was just it was a lot of praying. It was a lot of praying. I was trying to like you know uh, I, I I have this thing to where I I'm a little nervous before right. But when I get on that stage and hear that music, it just goes away. And then I'm even more nervous after. <laughs> I don't know why, but I am. It's the strangest thing. Now, what's it like? Obviously, this season, uh, everything is so much different with uh, with the, the COVID, the pandemic, and all of the, the guidelines going along with that. How much has that changed the audience or, or lack thereof reaction for you? How, how has that affected you personally? hasn't affected me you know it is a little strange you know you don't really have anybody in the room where you're singing it's like you got to create this whole party in your head you'd be like girl and so i i'm there i'm just on the stage i got to create this whole party in my head and then you kind of after the fact you know once people have seen things then you start getting reactions you know you're like oh okay so this is what y'all thought okay this is pretty cool <laughs> Instead of people being in the room actually screaming for you, you're like, nah, that doesn't happen. But yeah, it's a little different. Now, what was? How did you feel when you, when you saw the chairs turning? I mean, uh, did did that make it hard to continue singing? You know what? At, at first, it was like I, I almost missed it, right? Because you know, I my mom used to tell me when I was younger, so like when I sang my first solo, she was like, "Listen, this you got to do." Even you look that way, but you look over their heads and, you know, just kind of imagine everybody in their underpants, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I almost, you know, kind of missed it. And I saw it, and then I saw John turn around. And it's like, that's what gives you that adrenaline, like, yes, they love it. Let's bring it, boo. (laughs) 
what have you maybe learned the most coming in this season? I mean, we've all been through so much in the, in this last year, and uh, obviously you have in your mind kind of where you want to go, but what has maybe been the, the biggest eye-opener for you personally? Man, that you're not the only one that has gone through what you've gone through. Like, sometimes you feel like, you know, when you're going through something or stuff don't feel good, you feel like you're the only one, you know. But this just, you know, even just from the moments that I've had, that have, you know, with the show, I've received so many messages of other mothers or just single parents alone that says, I feel you. And when you know that you're not by yourself and that what you're doing is making a difference in someone, man, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful feeling. It lets you know, like, girl, you know, you helping somebody. Now, for for you being raised in the church and in the the ministry as well, I mean, how much does it mean for you to be able to impact and be a light to others, even even in the the midst of all we're going through anyway? Because you know that that's just the purpose. You you want to be able to touch somebody, benefit to, to somebody, and let them know, like you here, you've been there. But but my brother, you could do it. But my sister, you could do it. You know, you can make it. You know, it's just like. You always want to be a beam of light. And I always say, you know, I make the statement all the time, it ain't how many people know you, it's what they got to say about you. <laughs> you know, what 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 remnants are you leaving in the room? What are you giving to people? You know? And I, I'm always huge on that. You know, like I did the, 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 the uh, people, you know, other, other contestants on the show, they become like family now. And they literally, either somebody calls me every day or every other day. That's good stuff. Now, for you, what would you? What advice would you give to the other contestants as they get ready for their turn in the battle round? Hey, man, do your thing, okay, and do it well. All right, and can't nobody outdo you doing you. You do that and do it well, and make me proud. <laughs> <laughs> and and how much pride do you take in the other artists' accomplishments throughout the season as well? Listen, I'm clapping for everybody. I'm rooting for everybody. I'm loud and country. I'm that mama that's at the, at the game. That's my baby. <laughs> I'm loud, for, and they know it. You can ask them. I'm loud for everybody. That's awesome. I'm proud of all of them. That's awesome. Again, Team Nick, uh, Dana, Monique. I, I, Dana, I always want to make sure and let our listeners know where they can keep up with everything you've got going social media-wise and, and how they can keep up with uh, everything as you continue on the season. Oh, yeah, everything is the Dana Monique. The Dana Monique on Twitter, the, the Dana Monique on, on Instagram, Dana Monique on Facebook. You know, uh, or like my daddy said, you can Google me. <laughs> 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 Your girl got a name out here now. <laughs> they say you, you can Google me. But, yeah, that's how you can find me. That's awesome. Well, Dana, it has been a true privilege to have the chance to spend some time with you this morning. I wish you nothing but the best continued success, and hopefully we can ca- we can catch up as the season continues. Oh, man, I, I'd love to do that. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the friend special we've been waiting this whole pandemic for is finally shooting this week. At least that's what sources are telling The Hollywood Reporter. HBO Max hasn't confirmed it yet. Now, the show was originally supposed to debut on May 27th of 2020, but it kept being pushed back due to COVID-19. There's still no word on a new premiere date. Our last guest today and uh, returning guest and friend of the show, Cooper Allen. And first off, uh, Cooper, good to visit with you, my friend. Great to see you, man. Appreciate you having me back on. And uh, what was your initial response whenever uh, you connected on Zoom and you heard yourself singing back at yourself? Uh, you know, sometimes I think I hear voices, and um, sometimes I think it's my own, and that that scared me for a second. But <laughs> now it's been a minute. And I heard your beautiful voice, and it all got better. So. There you go, and and I think we got video uh, taken care of for the minute. But uh, how have things been going in the interim since we visited last? I know uh, the, the 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 new normal was kind of kicking out there, and I, I know this song. I believe you wrote it a couple weeks after we last visited. Yeah, so are you talking uh, Tough Ones or the one I just put out a couple days ago? Yeah, Tough Ones. Okay, yeah, so Tough Ones, um, yeah, that was a, it's been a pretty special song, pretty cool song. I wrote it in 
I think it was February or like late January, kind of when I got back from uh, Christmas break and all that stuff and rode it with um, two of my favorite riders in town, Matt Nolan, Skip Black. And I just, I kind of came in with this idea. Um, it was the army football coach he used to tell his team, you know, let's show them why we're the last of the hard ones. And, you know, I thought last of the hard ones is kind of a, that that's a cool title. And you initially think it's kind of like an Eric Church, like let's show them why we're the last of the hard country boys. And, you know, that's awesome, but that's not really me. So I was like, maybe we could spin this as, as a love song. Um, so we started talking about it and uh, eventually landed on, you know, tough ones as the title because last of the hard ones as a love song would be a little <laughs> bit weird. <laughs> and it took me about 20 minutes to realize that when I got in the room and this is the first time I'd ever met these guys. So I'm like, they probably think I am a, a weird dude. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a special song, a special melody, and really just, you know, it's a shout out to tough people and strong love. Um, and even, you know, stuff that goes beyond relationships, just all the strength that I think the world has seen over the past year, whether it's first responders, frontline workers, um, medical workers, all those people that have had to go through so much this past year and um, show so much strength and, and come out better on the other side. Um, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a testament to those people. So we teased it on TikTok and people loved it and uh, built it up a little bit and put it out. It did the whole number one all genre thing on iTunes, which was sweet. And we hit over, you know, over a couple million streams on it in, uh, in about a month, which was cool. And it's just fun seeing people connect to the song and, and kind of, take it off the way they want to take it off. So, And how crazy is it to see how things have gone musically for you this last year, how social media has played such an impact uh, on your career and how things are moving forward? Yeah, so I, I just sat back and thought about it the other day. Uh, maybe it was the, the Easter sermon or, or something that just got me a little bit of perspective. And, you know, a year ago or a little over a year ago, I had like, you know, 3,000 followers on Instagram and you know I'd had a song that had done well on some playlists and stuff but outside of that nobody really cared about my music um, which is the struggle of a you know up and coming independent artist and it's been crazy this past year um, just to see these numbers go up and to see people that really that care about the the art that I'm making and the, these songs mean something to them um, and, and they want to share it they want to purchase the music, stream it. Um, and you know, that's why I got into this business in the first place was, you know, I want to somehow make people's lives better as so many musicians have made my lives, my life better. Um, whether it's through a live show or whether it's through a song or whatever. Um, and just getting the opportunity to do that, um, in, in a small way over the past year has just been awesome and, and humbling. And, um, you know, it, it takes stepping back, uh, you know, you get it. We're in the grind every day and, it's, it's tough to get that perspective, but once you step back, it's like, man, I'm, I'm a really, really fortunate, lucky guy. And, you know, it, I, I work very hard, but a lot of people work hard. Um, so there's definitely some good fortune involved and, you know, just gotta, gotta thank the man upstairs every day. Cause he's been good to me, man. That's right. And, uh, what has been the biggest misuse of one of your songs on TikTok? What was there a video that you saw connected <laughs> to your music that you're like, really? Um, <laughs> That's that's a funny question. Um, you know, I, I will not get into politics um, <laughs> because you know, I don't sway super hard either way. But there have been some political posts uh, using that tough one song on both sides um, that I'm just like, dude, not not this. No, no, no. Like th do that with other things. Not this song. That's that's not the purpose here. Um, so, yeah, it's funny to look at those and you're like, oh, uh oh. Here we go. And luckily, <laughs> those have not like blown up or anything. So not a ton of people have seen them. Um, but for the most part, man, it's just been freaking inspiring stories and, you know, stuff that, you know, I put together a little fan made music video and I was sitting there. Not a lot makes me cry, but I was sitting there, you know, sobbing, crying up in my room, making this music video, from these videos because <laughs> people are really cool. And and to be able to touch people, especially in this last year, I mean, going forward, I mean, that's just got to be that much bigger of a uh, a boost for you as well, especially in the hard times. Absolutely. And, you know, we've managed to be able to build this following and, and make some, you know, 
things that move people in certain ways. And we haven't even gotten to do live shows yet. So it's kind of exciting um, because, you know, I feel like people are itching to see these new artists that they've uh, started following in the past year on social media and stuff um, out on the road. And I'm so eager to meet the people that have changed my life in the past year. Um, So that's, that's definitely been like the biggest thing over the past couple months. It's like, all right, well, let's get going to, because I started getting into music from performing. It wasn't necessarily from writing at first. Um, so I, I'm just excited to hopefully expand on it even more and, and get it going in a bigger and better way out on the road. Now, have you had a chance to play anywhere, any live shows yet? Some in Nashville. Um, you know, the bars here have been very safe and they're smart about getting people sitting down and, you know, making sure you're wearing masks and all that stuff. So it's a safe environment for everybody. And the, the bars have been back opened up for a couple months now. And I'll get to do that a, a couple times a month, which is a lot of fun and getting to meet people that way here in town. Um, I'm certainly excited to get out on the road and, you know, kind of hit different spots around the country and stuff. But um, I've, I've gotten started to get my little fix of it back here in Nashville, which has been uh, much needed. How much did you geek out the first time? It felt weird. It was like, <laughs> what's going on? And I like definitely forgot like some words to songs and was like sweating more. And like, this just, this feels really weird. <laughs> then you get back into it and it's, you know, awesome. And you remember, you know, why you got started playing music in the first place. Now the, the new single Cooper, tell, uh, tell our listeners just a little bit about uh, the new single, the, uh, the inspiration behind it and all that as well. Totally. Um, so it is, it's another love song. I, I got a thing for love songs, I guess. <laughs> um, I wrote it with the same guys. I wrote tough ones with, uh, Matt and skip. And, uh, it, it's just, it's like a falling in love song. Um, and you know, me personally, I was kind of the guy that, you know, you didn't want to jump into a relationship too fast or, you know, everybody says that I'm just, let's just take it slow or whatever. Um, and that was true until I met the awesome girl I'm dating now and have been dating for the past couple of years and um or not met we had known each other for a long time but the first time we like actually told each other we liked each other a little more than friends uh, <laughs> and then once that happens and you find that like right person that makes you feel that way you just uh, switch flips and you go from like ah, let's not jump into it too fast to like let's 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 go fat what are we doing next well should we start looking at houses together or something um, and the premise of the song is, you know, pretty soon going to be two toothbrushes by the sink, two coffee cups waking up every morning, what you think. Um, and it's just kind of a, a fun, loving thing about falling in love. For you, how uh, yeah. how much are you looking forward to the to the two toothbrushes next to each other? Well, so she lives in Nashville. Um, she's lived here for about two and a half years. I lived here for about three years. And um, she lives right across the street from me. So we're, we're about as close as you can get. We're moving in and together in June, but I currently have uh, two toothbrushes by my <laughs> sink. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm looking at it right now. I'm living it. <laughs> now, now tell it, do you want to play the new single for us today? Absolutely, man. Uh, I can play that or, or tough ones, whatever which, you want, man. You, you tell me. It's up to you, brother. You're the guest here. Okay. Well, <laughs> I got all the power, man. Um, I'll play the new one. I'll play the new one since it's uh, since it's fresh. Let me make sure my guitar is tuned here. And I got a question for you. Did uh, did Lon Kruger retire? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, he is did. that how are we feeling about that? I'm I'm sad. I I, I hated whenever he was at Kansas State I, as an OU Sooner fan. I hated whenever uh, we played any team that was coached yeah. by Lon Kruger. When we got Lon Kruger, I was so proud. Uh, now we uh, the last I heard is that they've uh, they have hired the coach from Chicago uh, Loyola of of Chicago is going to be the new yeah. head coach. So that's a good hire right there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a bad hire at all. Yeah, Kruger was great, and I'm a UNC guy, so you know Roy retired on. Right. Thursday, mm-hmm. and we all wished it was an April Fool's joke, but it wasn't. <laughs> and so here we are going through the same thing. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's it's exciting and sad and all that stuff all all wrapped into one. That's right. All right, I'll play too soon. Never been in no hurry. Like to take things slow Wasn't looking for forever Just going with the flow 
But one drink led to what's your name? To can't get the thought of you out of my brain. To maybe finding that one thing changes everything. Cause pretty soon gonna be two toothbrushes by the sink, two coffee cups. Waking up every morning, what you think? Are we moving too fast? Fine with me if we do. Cause when it comes to you, comes to you, it can't come too soon. When it comes to you, comes to you, it can't come too soon. Yeah. Every time you kiss me, less I give a damn about what I thought I wanted. Got me changing my plans. If it keeps on going like it's going, girl, then I'm going, going, gone. I got a feeling the way you got me feeling, it won't be too long. It's pretty soon gonna be two toothbrushes by the sink, two coffee cups. Waking up every morning, what you think? Are we moving too fast? Fine with me if we do. Cause when it comes to you, comes to you, it can't come too soon. When it comes to you, comes to you, it can't come too soon. Two rings, two acres, two babies running around. Got my head up in the clouds, ain't coming down, and I like the sound. Two toothbrushes by the sink, two coffee cups, waking up every morning. What you think? Are we moving too fast? Find me if we do. When it comes to you, comes to you, it can't come too soon. Comes to you, comes to you, it can't come too soon. That's good stuff right there, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Now, when was that one written? Was that written at the same time as the other? That was written um, probably like a month ago, maybe. Month, month and a half ago. Um, yeah, and then we TikTok blew it up again, so we recorded it and <laughs> put it out on uh, on Thursday last week. Isn't that funny how how social media has dictated the quick return on uh, on the re- recording production and release? I mean, how crazy is that? Oh, it's crazy. It's awesome for me because I love moving <laughs> so fast and the music industry does not. <laughs> so it's almost like, well, we got to do it. And I'm sitting there like, oh, sorry, it's out of my hands. And they're like, damn it, man. <laughs> we got to do this in such a hurry. And I mean, recording music does actually you know, take a long time. There's a reason it takes a while. So I've definitely uh, given some people some headaches, but you know, it works. Those are, those are the times we're in right now. Now you've gotten comfortable with the, uh, the, the reverse look at a camera. I mean, uh, the video, how long did it take for you to get comfortable in front of that camera? Looking back at you. Yeah, it's, um, a, a really long time. I used to like hate social media and all that stuff. It just wasn't my personality or anything. I hated looking at myself. I hear and hated hearing myself talk, hated hearing myself <laughs> sing and all that stuff. And, you know, finally I just like sucked it up and it's like, you're going to have to do this or you're never ever going to have a chance at <laughs> doing this career. <laughs> and that's really what like my publisher, she said it in a little bit of a nicer way, but that was, you know, she gave me a little pep talk and my girlfriend gave me a little pep talk. And I was like, okay, you know what? Just, suck it up man and maybe it took a few jack daniel shots at first to really be used to the camera screen but you know now uh now here we are and i spend most of my day looking at myself and you know feel like a real diva because of it there you go now what's what's the most diva thing that you the the, the most diva purchase that you've made if have you gone for like the petties any of that kind of stuff what's uh how do you pamper yourself The, the most diva purchase it wasn't a purchase but it was I pretty much said, please give me this. Um, well, and this has nothing to do with music was a, uh, a butt pad for my car. When I'm driving, I would start to get a little bit of back pain and, you know, <laughs> butt pain. And so like the, you know, 70 year old soul inside of me, I've asked somebody to give me a Christmas present of a bed, bath and beyond uh, butt pad. So now I have nice cushion when I drive. <laughs> Is it, was it the gel? Is it the gel? 
it, it, it's something magical in there, man. I don't know. Maybe it's, <laughs> it's shooting something up there. It's great. <laughs> now, now, Cooper, obviously with the, the quick release of the music and the turnaround on that, has that changed maybe your goals for 2021 since we last changed? Um, and I forget what we talked about last time was my goals. Um, but it, it's really just get more music out there. Keep building up a following, keep reaching as many people as I possibly can. And, um, you know, still being independent right now, I'm in a spot where I have the flexibility to really just kind of do whatever I want. Um, and so, you know, I'll keep putting music out to my fans and if they like it, I'll put it out and they'll, hopefully listen to it and then I'll do it again and again and again. And that that's kind of, I don't know. That's where I see the rest of this year going mixed in with uh mixed in with some touring. So writing like crazy and recording like crazy and, and teasing a bunch of stuff out there. And it's fun, man. It, it never stops, but it's a, it's a super fun cycle. Now, do you think that this last year has changed the game for independent artists like yourself? hundred um, percent in a way that has never, ever happened before. Um, I mean, you, you have the ability through all this social media stuff to reach mass audiences with, you know, little to no promotional budget or, you know, big time marketing dollars. Um, you know, do you still need record labels at some point in your career? Absolutely. I mean, you need to be, especially in country, you need to be on radio, you need the big tours, you need all that stuff. But in terms of gaining that initial traction and kind of get in the machine going a little bit, it's never been a better time for independent artists. And it's awesome. And you used to not even really be able to grow on social media before right. TikTok. I mean, Instagram and Facebook, you'd have to pay to do ads and all that stuff. And now you just throw stuff up and, you know, any video you put up might go viral. Um, and you just can just keep trying and doing it. And once something hits, then here we go. It's on. Let's build it up, baby. <laughs> so have you figured out what the formula is on the viral video, or is it still just a th- hit and miss? Throw it up there and see what hits. Yeah, there really there really is no formula other than, I mean, you got to find a way to hook people in, um, whether that's with the story behind the song or whether that's with, you know, saying a brief thing about what this song is about or something. Um, you know, you just got to find a way to grab people's attention. Um and that's kind of the reality of the world right now is our attention spans are, you know, about this big <laughs> and there's so much good content being pushed out that you got to kind of go the extra mile as opposed to just sitting there playing your guitar and singing for a camera. Um, and sometimes, I mean, even that works. If the song is good enough, right. you can just sing it to the camera and it'll pop off. Um, so it's a, it's a mixture of trying everything and it's, it's fun because you just, throw a bunch of crap against the wall and something (laughs) hopefully sticks. Um, Luckily for me, some stuff has stuck uh, and hopefully we'll keep sticking. So uh, when are are we going to change up the formula on the songwriting? I mean, is it always going to be the love, uh, the the, the slow love song or are we going to change it up for like a, uh, a vengeful? You know, we've before I've released the new normal tough ones too soon. I was a lot better at writing breakup songs than love songs. That's just where my brain always went. Um, I don't know why I've, you know, always been in pretty happy relationships, especially now, but, um, you know, I, I've, we've got some breakup songs in, in the ringer, some party songs, and, you know, it, it might be time for a, uh, you know, just a little change up of the content. You know, I, I still love love songs more than anything, but, you got to have your drinking songs and your breakup songs for, for the people that are going through it, you know? That's right. Well, Cooper, if folks want to, to find more information about uh, about the new single, Too Soon, about uh, all of the other stuff, social media, all of that, what's uh, where's the best place to keep up? So you go Instagram, um, Cooper Allen Music, Allen spelled A-L-A-N, TikTok, Cooper Allen, and then the number one, Cooper Allen 1. Uh, Facebook, Cooper Allen, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. YouTube, you just look up my name, it comes up. Um, But would love for people to stay in touch. All right. Well, Cooper, always good to see you, my friend. Um, I'm glad we were able to reconnect, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again real soon, brother. Cheers, brother. Appreciate you having me back. Well, thanks again for joining me for this 55th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, or anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at GQ with Cam. 
If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, click on over to the shop. We got anything from stickers to mugs to hoodies and more. That's all at gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. If you have a special guest idea, email me gqwithcam at gmail.com. Well, thanks again to Brandon Allen for coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday.